Pastor. We continue on in our Lenten sermon series today, um, Costly Discipleship. Our uh, scripture reading is from Luke's Gospel, once again, chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Hear now the word of the Lord. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? God, we hear these difficult sayings and in our hearts and minds we, we find ourselves perhaps troubled, unsure of what to make such a high demand. We pray, God, that in this moment as we look further into your word, we pray that we receive some clarity, some direction, whatever it is that we need. We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. These three individuals want to follow Jesus. They want to. The first one says, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus then drops a rhythmic riddle on this would-be follower. Uh, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Implicit in his response to this would-be follower is the warning that if the, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, imagine what the conditions would be like for the follower. In essence, Jesus is saying, you say you will follow me wherever I will go, but will you really follow me wherever I may go? The next would-be follower, Jesus calls, as he has called others prior, simply saying, follow me. The candidate in question says, Lord, first let me go bury my father. 
this seems like a, a practical request. There's a great uh, cultural and religious obligation on sons to bury their fathers. The apocryphal text, uh, Tobit, has a, a, a whole section dedicated to one fulfilling the obligations of burying their kin. But Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. Go and proclaim the kingdom. Jesus is saying those who get the kingdom, they get life. Your father is dead. In the kingdom you are alive. So there's no time for that. The third would-be follower then says, I will follow you, Jesus, but first let me go and bid farewell to those at my home. To be sure, word had not gotten around about the second would-be follower asking to bury his father. Otherwise, this request probably is not submitted. It's not a terrible request, though. He just wants to say goodbye to his family. Elisha asked the same of Elijah when Elijah called him to follow, and Elijah granted his request. He let him go and say goodbye to his family. But Jesus says, "Mm -mm." Jesus says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Through saying such, Jesus is also saying, look, I am not Elijah. All three interactions with these would-be followers are similar. And Jesus' responses in all three instances are similar. They're harsh. Quite harsh. This is not our best friend in the sky, Jesus. This is not happy, smiling Jesus that we like to imagine. This is radical and demanding Jesus who reminds that discipleship is costly. Following him is costly. The cost is high, but it is necessary on the way that leads to life. Friends, following Jesus always requires more. Just when we think that we've offered enough, just when we think we've given enough, just when we think we've, we've done enough, Jesus bids for us to do more. Always more. Kind of like my, my old fire chief when I was in the fire service. I loved the man. I loved him. But he, he had this thing that he did as a habit. Uh, I don't know. He, but he did it every time. If we're at a training or a business meeting, he, he lays out all the demands, all the information that we need, everything that we have to process in a debrief. And he just he throws it all out there. And it's quite literally like drinking from a fire hydrant and and then just when you think he's got it all out there and, and we're wrapping things up, he would drop it. Okay, y'all, one more thing. Every meeting, every training, 
Okay, y'all, one more thing. One more thing. Always. One more thing. I could bet my home on the fact that if I went to his meeting tomorrow, at the conclusion of it, he would say, okay, one more thing. So it is with Jesus. Always. One more thing. I'm ready to follow you wherever you go. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you. Just, Just let me bury my father. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you. I just, I just need to say goodbye to my family. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you, Lord, but the weather's getting nicer, and it's just begging me to play more golf. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to, to commit more, Lord, but you know it's, it's youth travel sports season. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you, Lord, but I, I need to make a million first. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you, Lord, but, but I'm waiting on my spouse. Oh, yeah? One more thing. I'm ready to follow you, Lord, but it's not even Sunday at 8.15 yet. Oh, yeah? One more thing. The demands of discipleship are radical and great. Following Jesus is not for the faint of heart. And the reason being is that the journey into the heart of God is one that is lined with peril. Demands. Costly demands. Remember, friends, the heart of God is most evidenced on the cross. That is a place that very few disciples originally dared to go. Our mission here at Pinehurst United Methodist Church is to cultivate more disciples and deeper disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and the world. To cultivate more disciples and deeper disciples. In terms of uh, determining whether or not we are achieving some measure of our mission, it is far easier to figure out if we are cultivating more disciples. 
we got the data. We can see how many we're cultivating. In fact, since mid-2021, coming out of the COVID shutdowns, we have received 111 professions of faith. We've got 12 more coming when that confirmation class finishes. But measuring whether or not we are cultivating deeper disciples, that is a tougher task. probably need you to help answer that one. Are you going deeper? Ask yourself, have you found yourself recently being tasked by God to do one more thing? Do you feel as if you have been doing at least one more thing for the sake of the kingdom recently, to the best of your ability, so much as you are able, one more thing. It's a lot to ask. I know. I suppose the most important thing to remember is the one who asks you to follow. And actually what's more important is to remember or to realize that he doesn't actually ask. It's an imperative, not an invitation. To Peter and Andrew, to James and John, to those would-be followers, to you and I, it's follow me. Period. Not question mark. Period. Priority number one. Follow. Follow the one who leads the painful way to the cross. But friends, never forget, the cross is not the end. Because there is, of course, one more thing. Let us pray. Lead us, Lord, wherever you would have us go. Help us to prioritize following you as the number one thing. And as you lead and as we journey, we pray, God, that what we discover at the end is life. name of the crucified and risen one that we pray and all God's people say